There's a promise in the Bible, God's precious holy word, that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And today I claim that promise, trusting Him for peace of mind. He's the God that through the ages has stood the test of time. fierce raging battle I will trust him more and more I dare not take one step without him till this fleeting life is o'er for the hand that holds tomorrow that same hand is placed in mine praise his name throughout the ages God stood the test of time Given my family and friends all the blessings from heaven, the Father above has lovingly showered on me. I feel overwhelmed and so undeserving to think of His goodness and wonderful mercy. My heart fills with praise and I can't help but joyfully sing. I have
It's not that this road has always been easy, but He's been faithful and He'll never leave me. I find sweet peace and assurance within His Word. My cup's overflowing, I'm living in favor, abundant provision from the hand of the Savior I lift my voice and forever I'll praise His name I have God Look at the heavens and all your handiwork. I say, how excellent is your name in all the earth. I see what you created way back there at the first and say, how excellent is your name in all the earth. think of your mercy revealed to sinful man I say how excellent is your name in all the earth I wonder what would cause you to put us in your plan I say how excellent is your name in all the earth when I survey my blessings 
blessings, the strength of all my days. I say, how excellent is your name in all the earth. I give you all my worship. I give you all my praise. I say, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. How excellent is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. How excellent is your name. How excellent is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. How excellent is your name in all the earth. stand and I say it and he just told me just a few minutes ago those five surgeries and ever how many weeks that was uh, where he was dealing with some physical issues and uh, you know if we live long enough we talk about the golden years and they ain't quite as gold as they promise it takes all the silver and gold to pay for the copays and uh, everything else but tonight I want to show you something hopefully it'll be a help to you it may not it, when, when you hear it here in just a minute, you're going to say, well, man, that don't really apply to me, but you hang on. I believe, I believe every person in here, whether you're young or whether you're old, I believe God's got something for us tonight. I'm going to read, read one simple verse out of 1 Kings chapter number 1, and I'm going to give you the thought, and we're going to preach a few minutes, and then we go into the house. If Daddy don't forget me, I had to ride by him, so Daddy don't forget me and drive and leave, because then somebody else will have to drive me home. And uh, so 1 Kings chapter Number one, I won't ask you to stand. It's good to have the Barnes family here with us, too. Of course, Rock of Ages Prison Ministry. didn't know they were coming. It's good to have them uh, here with us tonight. Good to see some other visitors that's been here before, and, and good to see you tonight. But 1 Kings chapter 1 and verse number 1, notice what the Bible said. Now King David was old and stricken in years, and they covered him with clothes, but he got no heat. Now, tonight you say, well, my goodness, and if you listened last Sunday morning... The Lord had given me a thought that he wouldn't let me preach the other morning, but he's given me the green light tonight. And what I want to preach on is this. Again, if you're young, don't let this message just bypass you. But I want to preach on the dilemma of getting older. The dilemma of getting older. There's a blessing to getting older. Can I get an amen? There's also the curse of getting older. Things begin to wire out. Things that used to work no longer work like they should have worked. But can I just say this? As I've said this morning, I've said multiple times, there is saving grace, there is sustaining grace, 
But there's also sufficient grace. The Apostle Paul dealt with that problem over there in the book of Corinthians chapter number 12 where he talked about that thorn in the flesh. And the Bible said that, that, that he prayed thrice. In other words, three times that God never saw fit to remove it. He said his grace was sufficient for him. And what I've learned, God's grace has been sufficient for me. What you will learn if you'll learn to lean upon him is that God is faithful in the good, in the bad, in the young, in the middle age, and even in the older years of God's blessed you with some age, but tonight I want to preach on that simple thought, the dilemma of getting older, because we look at the life of David, and I trust it'll be a help and a blessing to you tonight, so let's pray. Father, as we bow God in your presence, Lord, again this morning, this evening, we sure do love you. I thank you, Lord, again for the opportunity, Lord, to mount and stand behind this sacred desk one more time. Thank you for the good word of God. Now, I pray, Lord, for this verse that you burn upon our heart for this hour. I pray that you'd encourage somebody, speak to somebody's heart. Above all, if there's one lost, never been saved, I pray that you'd save them by your grace and power. But God, I pray that you'd help the child of God. Help that one that's discouraged, maybe even a little defeated and depressed. And God, just you know the need. You know the hour. And Father, I pray that you'd do according to it. Lord, I pray that you'd move into any hindrance, any distractions, any barriers or walls that may have maybe put up where folks cannot hear. Lord, I pray that you'd help this feeble preacher now to decrease that Jesus may be increased and lifted up. We'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. All God's people said. Amen. Well, we've read this one simple verse. It may seem to be a strange verse, but by the time we get to 1 Kings chapter number 1, we no longer see the David of 1 Samuel chapter number 17. The one that as he told the story as he was talking to Saul, how he went in the field one day when he's tending his father's sheep, and there was a bear that came, and according to David, he caught it by the beard. Then a lion came, and he caught it by the beard and slew both a lion and a bear. David was a mighty man of valor. If you'll remember, you study through the life of David, those 600 mighty men that he had. Think about the valiant victories that they had, Brother Harold. Time and time again, God blessed him. And he had strength, he had stamina, he was full of vigor, he was strong and victorious almost in every battle in which he went. A lot of times he would inquire of the Lord and God would give him victory. He said, shall I go up? God said, pursue after them. And God would give him a great victory in his younger days. And of course we preached uh, through the so, sort of the, the, and didn't even get to the ancient years and this is some of it. But when you think about his adolescent years, you think about his adult years and then his ancient years when he pinned down a lot of the scripture that we have uh, in the Psalms, a lot of those were a Psalm of David. He was the humanist. Now, we understand the supernatural age. It was the Holy Spirit of God. I'm glad our Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 is inspired of God. Now, do understand, there were human authors that God used, but all of it was inspired. God breathed, and they didn't pin down what they wanted to. They pinned down what the Holy Ghost said to pin down. And in David's adult years and ancient years he pinned down such words as I've been young and am now old yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread at that particular time David was confessing that hey I got some years on me now I've grown a little bit older but as I look back through the track record of my life boy God was faithful here and he was faithful here hey with a lion with a bear with a victory all the ziklag the places where God gave us great victories God was faithful here we see him, though, he's not fighting bears in 1 Kings chapter 1. He's not valiant over lions. He's not facing the enemy of the Philistines. He's not facing the Amalekites. He's not dealing with any of that. 
As you see, he's not marching with his 600 mighty men. David has come to the end of his life, pretty much. And you read on in this chapter and the next, you'll find where he passes from this life unto the next. According to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse number 4, he was 30 years old when he began to reign. He reigned for 40 years. So that lets us know it's 70 years old. Of course, he transferred the throne over to his son Solomon. So he gets to 70 years old, and there's the dilemma of getting older. Well, what is the dilemma of getting older? Just a couple things I'll show you tonight in the Scripture. Look with me again in verse 1. The Bible said, Now King David was old and stricken in years. There is the certainty of growing old. Now we've got a lot of babies in here tonight. I know there's one, two, three, four. I guess we can, I mean under one. There's at least four babies in here under a year old, maybe more than that, if I because I can't if you're in the back row, I just can't see you. But anyhow, I got a different set of glasses if I want to do that. But you think about these little babies that are here. You say, man, those those babies just now begin to, to grow and they're getting older. And they are getting older. But there's a certainty of getting older. If we live long enough, these bodies, these mortal fleshly bodies were not designed to live forever. We're going to lay them down. Dust is going to return to dust, as we'll see in just a moment. Again, we have nothing to boast about. Genesis 2, 7, God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed to his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. We can track all, you can do DNA, all that stuff, all you want to, but you can mark it down. We can be traced all the way back to dirt. That's where we came from, the dust of the earth. And we were created in the image of God. But just as soon as we're born, we really begin to die. Now there's some folks, and you look at the obituaries, there's some folks that die young. Some folks that die in infancy. Some folks die at middle age. Sometimes it's cancer. Sometimes it's heart disease. Sometimes it's strokes. It's, it's car accidents. It may be over. There's a lot of overdoses now that people are departing out of here. I think somebody just said there was a suicide just right down the road uh, just this afternoon. There's a lot of people that are exiting the scene. And there's a certainty of getting up. If we live long enough, these bodies are going to break down. David had got to that point. Now, now think with me for just a moment. Now, when David was out there in the field, Brother Howell, when he was about 17 years old, that's about how old he was, when he was tending those sheep and when Samuel came to anoint him, at that particular time, he's already wrestled the lion. He's already been victorious over the lion and the bear. And then he faces that giant in 1 Samuel uh, chapter number 17 where all of Israel, and if you study your Bible, Saul was king of Israel, and the Bible said he stood head and shoulders over everybody in Israel, yet he was afraid to go down there and face the giant. But there's a little shepherd boy that had enough God on him, and he had seen that giant, that Philistine, defy the armies of God for so long. He said, man, i got to do something about that. When he was down there facing the lion and the bear and the giant, Brother Brandon, I don't think he was thinking about, when I get 70 years old, I'm going to be old, I'm going to be stricken in years, and I'm not going to be able to get any heat. He never thought about that. I remember when I was a teenager, I never thought I'd be 47, soon to be 48. Man, I had a lot of hair when I was a teenager, I did. But two things happened. You say, what happened, preacher? Well, I got married and I started preaching. One of the two took it out, is all I can tell you. Look at Brother Brandon. He had more hair than he did when he came to faith. Brother Evan ain't got a chance. Amen. Something other about it, I guess, just comes out. I don't know if it's marriage or what. But I'm just saying, these bodies wear out. And you 
you can't refute it. Why? Because a lot of you in here that, that maybe you've got hair, but it's just not as dark as it once was. If it didn't turn loose, it turned color. Amen. And that's about right. But think about the certainty of growing old. And if time runs its course and God allows us to live, there are some things that we're going to face. But can I just, just get this? I don't want this to be a discouraging message. I want it to be an encouraging message because there is the blessing of getting older. There's experiences that we'll go through. Yeah, there's opportunities and there are challenges that we'll face. But if you'll really pay attention and you look back through your life, doesn't matter if you're a teenager, doesn't matter if you're 30 or 40 or even 80 or 90 years old, if you look back and, yeah, you say, Preacher, I got some problems. Well, just join the crowd. All of us do. But you'll see the faithfulness of God all the way through your life. You can't see that, man. You're looking in the wrong direction. Because God has spared our life. He gives grace that is sufficient to meet every need. But there's a certainty of growing old. David was old, the Bible said, and was stricken in years. Think about the aches that you have as you get older that you used to not have. Think about the pains. Man, I used to love, I think the last time that we played, Brother Adrian was involved, I think Brother Jason was involved, and that would have been probably maybe 2013 or 12. The adults played the kids over here in the game of basketball. Brother Brandon, you, I don't think you'd even come here yet. And uh, the wise, well, I was in my 30s then. And uh, so anyhow, we said we are going to play. Well, we did. Made it pretty good. I mean, we wore them out. We did. I remember that. We didn't get beat. We beat them. And, uh, but I remember the next day and the day after that, yeah, I was sore. You used to go and you could play all the time and never really hurt. But now the recovery time uh, sort of hurts you a little bit. And I remember when Daddy went to the doctor, I think the doctor told him when he had something, he said, well, look, uh, he said, you'd be looking at two weeks recovery time if you was 18, but you ain't 18 no more. As we get older, recovery time, the aches, the pains, and there's a certainty of growing old. Now, again, there's a blessing, but there's also a curse as well. But the years had crept up on David. He's reigned, and he's ruled for 40 years, had a successful reign. All the kings are measured up under King David. He was a man after God's own heart. Was he a perfect man? No. He made mistakes. He, he had blemishes. He had faults. So that's what encourages me because David failed. Yet in Psalm 51, which is a picture of him for his forgiveness, and he called on the Lord. The Lord forgave him of all of that sin. And God didn't throw him away because he messed up. That encourages me because we all mess up. We all miss the mark. We all don't always say the right thing. We don't always do this. We don't always think the right thing. But God don't just throw us away. Thank God. He's the God of the second chance and the third chance. And thank God for that. Or we'd all be doomed. There wouldn't nobody be in the church house tonight if the first time we make a mistake or the second or the third or the fourth time or the mistakes we've made this last week. And all of us have. Yet God in His grace has allowed and His mercy has allowed us to continue on. But there's a certainty of growing old. I think about this, there's also the condition of growing old. Not only the certainty of growing old. David, here he is, he's old, and he's stricken in years. Well, what's the condition of growing old? Well, I hit a few of those minutes ago with the aches and the pains, but look what it said in the last part of verse 1. And they covered him with clothes, but he got no heat. Now see, I, I always like to hit this every chance I get, because I know, I know it tires some of you up, but I have nothing to do with the thermostat in the church. Do y'all know that? Nothing. 
They start with T. I have nothing to do with the treasure, and I have nothing to do with the thermostat. So if you're hot or if you're cold, you can't blame the preacher. You're going to have to blame the deacons or somebody else, or Brother Allen or Brother Josh. I mean, these things are set on digital things down where they monitor them. Whether, I shouldn't even said it was y'all because, boy, they'll be singling y'all out now. And, uh, but anyhow, you know, as you get older, and uh, Christy now, she's on blood thinner. She's getting a good dose of that. And when you get on that blood thinner, I mean, you freeze to death, but she's hot one minute and cold the next. And, but here, David, as he's got older, he got no heat, so they put more blankets on him. Well, as you get older, and if you look around, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't point no fingers, but, you know, there, sometime before we, before we redone the carpet and the pews over here, you could almost tell where certain people sit. Why? Because they had blankets laid out there. That's right. They got their little fight, and that's cool. That's good if that's what you need. But you know what happens? When you're younger, you really don't think about getting cold. But as you get older, you see you lose that body heat. And David is in that condition. You think about this, and we should understand this, that every day that we have is a gift. A lot of times we don't think about that when we're younger. We say, well, you know, I'm 16. I got plenty of years ahead of me. You don't know that. That's why I, 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 I try my best to tell folks, if you're not saved, man, you need to give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Get saved at an early age. I mean, make sure you know Jesus Christ is Savior. Have your sins forgiven. Now, if you're older and you've never been saved, hey, today is a day of salvation. You can't go back and change anything in the past. But listen, get saved because we're not promised tomorrow. Can I remind you that Jesus is still not changed his mind? He's still going to return. Now, they say, well, preachers, 2024, we've, we've been waiting for, for 2,000 years. He still ain't came. Well, he still ain't changed his mind. He's going to come one day. One day he's going to return because he told us that he was. He made that promise in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 and other passages that he would return. But there's the condition of growing old. If we live long enough, we're going to face some things. I think about this, and you can just jot this down. I, I, I may read a few verses here out of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. It sort of lays out the aging process. And, and, and Solomon, in his wisdom, the human author, through the, the supernatural age of the Holy Spirit of God, begins to paint a picture of what it's like to be older and to grow old. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, he said, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. What's that talking about? It tells us that we better remember our Creator in our younger days, which we better remember in our older days as well. But certainly in our younger days, because just like David, when he was out there fighting that lion and that bear and also the giant, he wasn't thinking a thing about being 70 years old. When he was old and stricken in years and he couldn't get any heat, he had to have more blankets. That's why God commands us and expects us to remember our Creator of the days of our youth, before the evil day comes, when we shall say we have no pleasure in them. When you used to get up and say, "Woohoo, I'm glad to get up. Now when you, you say, oh, 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 when you get up, you know, you used to bounce out. Now you, you, you've lost your bounce a little bit. You used to skip around. Now, now you sort of crutch around and with a walker and a cane and different things. There's the condition 
of getting older. And we all can see that. All of our families have been impacted by it. If we live long enough, we face the certainty of growing old and the condition of growing old. But listen to what the writer goes on to say in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 2. He begins to paint a picture of a coming storm. And then he talks about a house. Listen to this in verse number 2. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. He likens old age creeping in like a storm that blows up. Then he said in verse 3, In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few. What's he talking about to grind? He's talking about teeth, man. When the grinders are few, it's going to cease. You go like that. I mean, you ain't going to be able to eat the fillets and the, and, the, and the others, you know, as you get older. And there's the, there's the condition. Again, he lays this out vividly clear. He goes on to say, and those that look out the windows be darkened. I didn't have to start having glasses till I'm 47 now. And it swiftly went downhill at 45. I was good. One night I was up here in the pulpit, and I guess about two years ago, and I got to work. I was getting here, and I couldn't see it. Getting back, couldn't see it. Finally had to get some of these spectacles here so I could see. And he talks about that eye, that the eyesight. When I was a kid, man, I didn't think about one of these days I'm going to have to have glasses. You look at all these other people who have glasses and say, man, I see fine. Well, I ain't seeing as good now as I used to, Brother Kevin. And listen, you get on the road and these new LED lights, son, I know we talk about that a lot. But when it rains and, and you got that glare, and again, thanks to Sister uh, Mary, we got that road painted up here on Flint Hill Road now where we can see a little bit better leaving. But understand, our eyesight goes. And that's what he's talking about. He's painting that picture. Then he said in verse 4, And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. That's because you can't hear as good. You know what? As a kid, I was thinking about, and a lot of people think about this. Man, couldn't wait till you get 16. Man, it was 16, never. It seemed like 16 was never going to get there because you're going to have freedom. And you're going to get to drive. And man, now... Now, once you, once you pass that plateau, then you say, man, I can't wait till I get married. Then you get married. Can't wait till you have kids. Then you have kids. And then as you get older and older and older, you say, man, I can't wait till I get my hearing aid. Can't wait till I get my dentures. Can't wait till I get that shoulder replaced, that, that knee replaced, that ankle surgery. Man, that hip surgery. Can't wait to get all that. I'm suffering. Why is it? Because there's a certainty of getting older. If you're blessed to live long enough, there's going to be the condition of getting older. But listen, it should come as no surprise. We can see that with the physical eye. But the Bible lays it out pretty clear. He talks about the sound of the grinding as low you can't hear. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Listen, when you wake up, you can't sleep as good. As you used to sleep. The Bible talks about that right there in that verse. Look at verse number 5 of Ecclesiastes 5. Also when they shall be afraid of that which is high. Oh, you don't want to get around high places. Why? Because you might fall down and break a hip or break something. Then it says, and fear shall be in the way. And the almond tree shall flourish. Now what's he talking about the almond tree? The almond tree had a white, had a white bloom. That's talking about the white hair. That's talking about the white head. It's talking about getting older. Listen, just if you got hair, you say, well, my hair's white. Just thank God you got some. Amen. I mean, there's a lot. Listen, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. You know what? Us, those of us that don't have hair, the wind don't bother me a lick. Rain, I don't have a freezy day. None at all. 
Unless it's my eyebrows or something, that's about all I got. I can grow more hair on my face than I can my head. But just think, there's benefits. There's something you can be thankful for. But he goes on to say, and fears shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden. You say, that grasshopper ain't that big, but once you get older, it'll be a burden to you. And then it said, and desire shall fail. Now, what's that talking about? We got little ears. and I, Let's just say this. You, you won't be as frisky as you once were. And if you need an interpretation of that, we'll, we'll talk about it after the service. But that's what it's talking about. Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. It's talking about death is coming. Then he said in verse 6, Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. It's basically just painting a picture of the fragileness of life. As we get older, we have to be more careful. You tend to hold on to things. You may have to get a cane. You may have to get a walker. You may have to hold on to somebody's hand as you age because the certainty of getting, if we live long enough, physical issues are coming. The conditions are laid out pretty clear. David, get no heat. And boy, the Bible uh, lays out a lot of things about that. But there's the dilemma of getting older. A preacher, what can I do? And, and listen, there's, there is the blessing of getting some age. You get that experience. Uh, under your belt and a lot of folks have seen there's there's generation in here that remembers when you didn't have running waters there's a lot of folks like that and most of us cannot sympathize that because we never seen it i never had to go to an outdoor bathroom thank god a lot of folks man i want to go back to the old days well i don't want to go back that far man i i like running water and i like i like the technologies that we have today and we've been blessed but as we get older and as we age yes there's a certainty if god blesses us with years there's a certainty of getting older there's a condition of getting older but here's the thing god still gives grace (laughs) same grace we needed as a child god gives as a middle-aged person as we get older if you're 20 if you're 40, if you're a teenager, if you're 50, if you're 70, you know what, Brother Howard, will, will never exist today on planet earth when we're not in need of God's grace and God's mercy. And David could come back and he could say, like he did in Psalm 37, I believe it was about verse number 25, he said, I've been young and am now old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. There's three things we ought to remember as we get older. Three things we ought to do. Sister Savannah, you come on. That'll hurry me up because I don't really want to preach much longer. But just think about three things we ought to do. And I'm just going to hit these and brush, brush by them. We need to stay in the book as we get older. We need to stay in the book so we can learn and understand because we never get to the point where we're past learning. I understand cognitive ability and all that. There's a lot of folks that... Uh, that may get to the point where your your thinking and your mind may not be where it used to be, but if you've got that, man, you ought to you ought to stay in the book, and you ought to stay on bended knee. Now that just started with B, and I understand you might say, when a preacher, I'm older now, I can't get down on my knees. Well, listen, you can sit down, or you can lay down, or whatever you need to do, you can stand up and pray. Make sure you stay on that bended knee. Stay in the book. But here's the thing: make sure you stay in the battle. Now, brother Harold, I know he ain't gonna mind me saying this. I, don't even, I, can't, I couldn't even tell you how old Brother Harold is, and that's not even the important thing. We was talking about a while ago in our meeting, and I love Brother Harold, and he knows that. I've told, him, I've told him privately, and I'll tell him publicly, told all of our men that. Brother Harold said, well, I'm getting some years on me now. And I did. I told him, I said, well, it ain't time for you to go on. We need you, and we do. Amen. I want him in the battle. 
Brother Wayne's got some years on him. Again, I'm not throwing rocks or stones. I'm just stating facts. We got some folks that's got some years of some of our ladies in here. Boy, I'm not, I'm not going to name names there now. I get by with the men, but two things you don't mess with. Number one is a lady's age, and number two, a lady's weight. You better not do that, son, or you'll get in trouble. But I just remember there's three things we ought to do as we get older. The dilemma of getting older, we better stay in the book. Listen, we better stay on bended knee if you still flex, but just make sure you're praying. But you ought to stay in the battle. You know, God's put you here for a reason. Man, it's always a blessing to see Brother Danny roll through the door. And I know it hurts him not to be here. When Dad was out, it hurt him not to be in church. And man, it's a great, we want to stay on the battlefield because there'll come a day when the fight's going to be over, brother. But it ain't over yet for those that are still listening. There's the dilemma. Of getting older. You might be here tonight. You say, Preacher, I'm young. You know, I'm not thinking about not seeing right, not hearing right, not, not walking uh, straight like I am now. But if you live long enough, there's a certainty of getting older. Hey, there's a condition of getting older, but here's a good thing. The same grace that helps us right now will help us down the road if He allows us to survive. He allows us to live. God's faithfulness will be good. But listen, the dilemma of getting older, make sure you stay in the book. Make sure you stay on that bended knee. Make sure you stay in the battle. Because, boy, that idle ground is the devil's playground. That's what got David in trouble. 2 Samuel chapter number 11, the time when kings go forth to battle. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Hey, thank God for what God has given us. Thank God for the day that he's given us today. Every day is a gift. Don't you ever forget that. Don't you ever take that for granted. Here's another thought as we're standing all over the house. I said it the other day. And I want to hit it, and I want to make sure everybody gets this. If you hadn't told your spouse today that you love them, you ought to do that. If you hadn't told your children that you love them today, if you hadn't told your parents that you love them today, if you, they're still here, you better do that. Because there'll come a day when that window of opportunity is going to close. Let me say this. If you're here tonight and you're listening to me and you've never been saved, there's going to come a time. God may be knocking on your heart's door to get saved, but there'll come a die, time when you say no, 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 no. There'll come a time when that last knock's going to come. And I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, if you're not saved, get saved. And if you've got a need tonight, you can come. Let's pray. Father, I sure do love you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity. Lord. Hello, friends. This is Brian Pondexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service. And every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. 
Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words and good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. You might say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them, if you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. 
if you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.